0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 227 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Fleeceworks and EquiSketch.
2: This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
1: And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. With our producer, Glenn, back and with us on the show, which is great. It's been a
0: while.
2: Hey, guys.
0: What's it? We had our you week all. off. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a while. And I've been dying to talk to Reese since the news came out that, you know, well, just give everybody a brief rundown. Uh, basically, they for the WEG 2018 they had uh, accepted applications, and everybody backed out except Canada. And then Canada, as yes, we're reliable and awesome, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> we... <laughs> and then <laughs> WEG <laughs> said, "No, we don't want you unless you get more financing lined up, uh, okay. especially with the more government backing." And so they reopened the applications okay. to everybody, mm-hmm. and they had four. Applications come in. They had uh, London, England. They had Canada again, and then they had two from the United States: Wellington, uh, w- which I want to talk about in a minute, and then also Lexington, where where twenty ten was, <laughs> and where Reese lives. So now, my question for you, Reese, is: Do you think that uh, that they would even look at Lexington this close to when they had them, you know, there before?
2: You know, honestly, I don't know. I was I was pretty involved with the planning in 2010. I I said that's why I wanted to ask you. (laughs) Yeah, I I know, I know. But I, I, you know, I haven't been involved much um, since then. So. I don't know. You know, I, I I went off well. I think everybody enjoyed it. I think that Lexington is certainly, as you'll hear on the show, we will hear um, in the next few weeks, we have Festival of Champions next week, and we'll hear from the president of Kentucky Dressage Association then. And there's a lot that has happened since 2010 and a lot of change in real estate around the horse park and around sort of where I live. Um, for yep. example... Yeah, one yeah. of the
0: promises they gave they they made to the locals uh, as Wegg was coming up, especially the governor was big on promising this was that uh, it was going to change the the face of Lexington that there would yeah. be a lot more sport horses coming in and not just yeah. breeding farms. Has that happened?
2: Oh yeah, big time, yeah, really big time. I mean, around the horse park, you know, ten to twenty acre farms have exploded and rings and you see all kinds of uh, Florida plates and all kinds of crazy cars and uh, you know we had that here in Lexington with the thoroughbreds but it has really exploded especially in the area around the horse park within kind of 20 minute radius of the horse park um, it's incredible it really truly is uh, for example there's a farm behind me a very famous show showjumpers uh, sponsor bought it and I mean the place doesn't even look the same I love it because my little corner looks like Wellington now um, just <laughs> it's great and, and I get to see nice show jumpers work every day and the beautiful ring behind me. So I'm certainly not opposed to it at all. And, um, it will be interesting to see. I I don't know. I haven't really heard through the grapevine what's going on with that, but I think that, uh, you know, Lexington has sort of embraced the horse culture and uh, certainly dressage in Kentucky is totally different now with the festival of champions and now the USDF head to head, those two different events that are happening here. And um, so a lot is happening. So I think uh, the city would be much more excited uh, in general, about having it, of course, there were some issues that would be worked out, but um, I really think that it. Yeah, it and they, could they
0: lost they lost money on the deal. Now this time, right. though, they wouldn't they would they wouldn't lose money because they, they most of the hundred and fifty million dollars they spent was on infrastructure, which is now there. Which the stadium, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think it was more like eighty million. Not that that's okay. a big difference, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The only reason is uh, I heard that (laughs) from the governor last year as we were watching the first lady ride. He said, I'm really glad I made these improvements. And I and I had to tell him I was really thankful of all the. Facilities, the bathrooms that got upgraded because it used to be you couldn't find a bathroom at the horse park.
0: Um, so I, you know, it is funny the little things riders really right. worry about. <laughs> realize, yeah, I are am so important. happy
2: with that. And, and, you know, their horse pass and, and things that, that weren't there before that they really did a good job to put in. Um, so certainly I think people that show at the horse park on a regular basis would welcome uh, more, more infrastructure even than, than it's here, but it really has changed the face of of Kentucky. Uh, I think a lot more things will be coming here because of the world class facilities we have here now. So, um, I think the the view of the city and of the um, kind of Oh, you know the, the the people that are in charge of of the horse sport would really welcome it. Um, but that's just off the cuff. That's that's I don't really know overall. But that would be my feeling in it.
0: And now, certain Philip must have a feeling because Canada's yeah, in Canada the running also.
1: You know, actually, it would probably be further for me to drive to Quebec than to drive down to see Reese. So is that right? <laughs> uh, I don't feel good either, either way.
2: To stay. Yeah, they have a free place to stay. A little yeah. small, but... He- <laughs> uh,
1: Reese, Reese offers me a horse stall to sleep in.
0: That's really nice. Stuff.
2: I do. You know, I, I clean it up. I make sure it's clean bedding for
0: him. <laughs> <He> bedding <laughs> every day. Eh? You know, the one I think that uh, we can cross off the list if we were betting is, uh, is Wellington. They can't even agree to put in a dressage ring yeah. and to have competitions yeah. down there. The wealthy down there do not want... Uh, Five hundred thousand people descending on Wellington, so the politics down there will not allow this to
1: happen. I know they just fight all these things. But I know. It's,
0: like, <laughs> I, it's, I think it's good for a place to have. Commerce, right? And you know, yeah. this helps well, the local except, economy. Except that, think. that when you're mega wealthy, you don't want you don't commerce. Care. You want your yeah, little you, piece of paradise and you, wanna, you want you don't want anybody yeah. disturbing it. So, yeah. um, and,
2: and, and Wellington's tough. You know, they don't have the infrastructure. Anybody that's, yeah, where would they down put down the there?
0: marathon course for driving in the cross in the swamp across the road? I, yeah.
2: I don't know where <laughs> they would, would do would
0: it. Would well, just hotels. Would chase your
2: Yeah, you would have some fast horses, <laughs> but just even when it comes to hotels, you know, it's very hard. Are, uh, there's kind of two ho- hotel options. Um, one is the Hampton Inn and one is the Royal Inn. Um, and let's be honest, once you get outside of Wellington,
0: spectrum. which is a very small area, it's yeah. slummy. I mean, you get into West Palm Beach and over that way, it it's is. not yeah. nice. I guess we're calling a spade the spade today. Aren't yeah, we? <laughs> yeah <I laughs> Okay, know. Wellington's out. Slummy. So, yeah. um, you know well, what, he, I, if I was betting on this like a horse race, uh, and I don't think the Europeans are going to want to come across the pond again, um, and I think that uh, I think that England has a good shot at it uh, they just did the they just did the Olympics, they know how to run a big event that's going to be in their favor. Uh, I just think they got a they got a good shot at it, or Canada, I think one of those two. I don't think they're going to come back to Lexington this soon
2: probably probably not yeah. i I agree with that bet
0: um, I mean
1: I don't know what's going on with the Canadian bid, really I have no involvement whatsoever, but they would i mean it's it's just like. They would have to start from scratch, just like Lexington did, basically, you know, and build... Off up
0: the $100 million. Everything, yeah. 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 I mean, where's yeah. that money
1: going to come from? Because governments don't have a lot of extra spending money these days. Yeah. Right. I mean, you guys can't even employ your government workers anymore. <laughs>
0: I knew he was going to get that That's shot. A whole
1: other
2: I, but I have to be honest. I had a great, I have a lady that, that comes and um she enjoys just being with the horses and she called me. She said, well, I'm not going to work tomorrow. So can I come to the barn? So we have, I mean, things are clean. Things are put away. <laughs> so I'm kind of loving the government shutdown. And another week would be ideal because then everything in my barn would be clean and shiny. So I'm sort sure of waiting for another week, kids. That's just me. Another pair of extra hands. Of right, was, it,
0: was there any other news?
1: Yeah, well, I I want to hear about Reese's. Reese went to the regionals while we were away, you know, while we didn't have a show. So I want to hear that went.
0: We did. We did. We
2: went up to Lamplight, um, which, uh, is, is a it's not a bad drive for us. And, and it was an away show for our horses that haven't done so many away shows. So that was exciting. Um, and my Winnie was a really, actually very, very good girl. The first day for the fourth level championships, she was, one of their rings is right next to a really, really busy road. And, um, She kept it together. I have to be, I have to give it to her. She, I could tell she really didn't want to keep it together, but, um, and there were some big trucks that came zooming by and and she really did a good job trying to keep it down. So she was seventh in the fourth level out of, I think 30. And again, I was fine with that. I thought that was a very, uh, you know, good, good score for her. She had a 65 and change and I was fine with that. Um, and then, and I'm not kidding around. This really happened to me. I got ready for my St. George. And I said to the owner, Stanley Wiggs, she's my wonderful owner. I wait, said wait, to her, wait, wait,
1: wait. Just hang on one second. Yeah. You can ride St. George and fourth level championship?
2: You can. Yep, you can. That's, That's okay. in, at, uh, uh, You can ride two levels that are next to each other? <laughs>
3: I don't know. It's part <laughs> okay. of the rule. You can All do right, that. Continue yeah, on.
2: absolutely. All right, so, on. All um, right. yeah. So I said to Stanley, I said, I think the train is coming. And Stanley said, no, it's not coming. And I said, I'm going to leave the arena. And I left the arena. This was the warm up ring. Yeah. And the train came zooming by, so d- thank goodness. So my warm up got cut a little short for the St. George, um, and I did not want to be in the. In the train comes about twenty feet from that particular warm up ring, so thankfully I heard it and vacated. Um, and so I came back <laughs> in, and she was a little tense from the train activity. Yeah. And then I, I warmed her up, and she really was a good girl. And we went up the hill um, and got into the main ring. And she went around the ring, and she was really, really – this was the different ring. This is sort of the main ring, and Whitney likes big rings. And a really good girl came down the center line. She felt great. She was really listening. I saluted. I start trotting off. I turn right for my extended trot, and I am not kidding around. A dog fight breaks out in the pavilion next to the ring. Fight. A dog fight, and so that's I what mean,
1: happens. Yeah, I mean, there were show was dogs everywhere, and then, and then, what happened?
2: Um, you, you, well, you we we kind rink? of bolted. Yeah, she yeah. kind of bolted. Yeah, we did, and and um, you know, I just is kind that of in the her.
0: test? Is that in the test?
2: Uh, the, Turn turn right and send a trot dog bite dog fight bolt. Yeah, yeah, not usually. You got a ten
0: though for that, I bet. <laughs>
2: um, well, I did not. A ten would have been great because then I would have gotten the wild card score I was looking for. But um, <laughs> we didn't. We um, we uh, yeah, the judges. I mean, they they commented. You know, they they said you know, kind of tough luck, kind of thing. And and one was halfway nice, and the other one was not no names we're not going to read names uh, yeah. so I just stopped her and just kind of petted her and and we carried on uh, so she was more tense than she would have she was when we started but yeah. you know it was her um 6th St. George and she had a 66.67 uh, um, so I was really so pleased good. with her yeah, yeah I was you know good. considering good you. that all yeah so that was good and then uh, who else uh, my little Frisian walking horse mare was great. She had some discrepancies in her score uh, which was kind of disappointing when you go from a 68 to 63 percent. I was kind of disappointed with that but when sometimes when you ride sort of a breed that's not as mainstream that can happen um, it, but uh, Cassie uh, was wonderful, Cassandra Hummert Johnson. She was reserve in both the um, I-2 Young Rider and the Grand Prix Young Rider, and she had really good scores uh, in that, and she was great. I was really proud of great. her. And I had one student on uh, Katrina Rescue that Austin Kerr, and I'm going to have to have her on the show, uh, but she qualified for the USDF National Finals. She won a class out of 47. um wow. Yeah, and the training level adult amateur. So she, Fantastic. we are going to regionals. I mean, I'm sorry, to the nationals uh, with yeah. Charlie Brown. You did the regional. We did the regionals. Now we're going to the nationals. So uh, that was pretty exciting. I really wanted to have a horse go. And Charlie Brown uh, <laughs> is the man. And so we'll have Austin. She's got a great story. She rescued him from Katrina. And, um, and I'm one of them. I was sort of the trainer that said, oh, I don't know if we're ever going to get him there. But... Uh, she was perfect, and he was so good and really looking forward to, to coaching her at the national finals. And so you know what's story.
0: so ironic and so cool about that is Austin's position – Yes, with the Kentucky Horse Park, and really, it was it was her that made a lot of this happen.
2: Yeah, it's true, yeah. it's true, and there we'll we'll get her on. on the show. She she's the commissioner of the Kentucky Horse Park, so there's on oh, so okay. many levels, it's really cool. And she does she is one of the reasons the horse park is what it is today. And so to have her, we will get her on the show. I promise. And, and she she'll gets tell to ride
0: nationals that. at her and at she the she horse gets park. To ride yep. the
2: nationals, so it's really good story. I have to be honest, I was crying as she was doing her victory lap. I was so proud, and uh, so that was really cool. So uh, it was a great. great great regionals. Thanks for asking and, and sort of ended our year on a really good note. And, uh, Next week, uh, Cassandra is riding at Festival, so she's doing the Brentina Cup, so I will definitely have to uh, let everybody know how she does, and and it's going to be really fun to coach her. Uh, She's really a a wonderful kid, and and she's had a great career with uh, Plato Carlos, so looking forward to that. So lots of good stuff. We're we're not done yet uh, for the season, but we're kind of wrapping it up with some and ramping it up with others, so yeah.
1: Great. Yeah. Well, thanks for the update. We'll have to have a again in a couple of weeks. Sounds good.
2: So, tell, tell us, Philip, what else is in the news?
1: Well, new in the news. I guess our next little tidbit here is that the uh, U.S. 2014 Dressage Young and Developing Horse Championships are confirmed to be at Lamplight in uh, Wayne, Illinois. So, uh, that's great. That's not too far from you, Reese. And I guess it would be nicer if it was in Lexington, like everything else is lately. <laughs> yes. But. Uh, <laughs> you know, going out to sh- Chicago—that's a, I guess it's a nice spot. I've never been there, but we've had lots of guests talk about how great it is. So wonderful, young horse yeah. uh, championships. We love to get our our the riders onto the show and talk about that. So um, yeah, you know, Chicago again next year. Great,
2: great. Yeah, no, we you know we just got back from the regionals, and it's a wonderful facility. It was really really fun, very friendly for the horses, and uh, so I'm excited they're having it there again, um, August 20th through 24th. After this commercial break, we're going to talk with Glennie Walford from Martin Collins Equestrian Surfaces, and she's going
3: to talk to us about footing, something we haven't really talked about on the show before. Looking forward to it. Fleeceworks manufactures pure Australian merino sheepskin and merino wool saddle pads and accessories. Their pads produce a vital thermal balancing layer to pull excess moisture and heat away from the horse's back, allowing muscles to work at maximum capacity without overheating. Fleeceworks Australian merino wool is breathable and hydrophilic, able to hold and store 35% of its own weight in liquid. A longtime staple of the medical field, Australian merino fibers have no equal when it comes to delivering a temperature-controlled, pressure-absorbing layer. The Fleeceworks philosophy? Minimum bulk, maximum performance and they have a variety of anatomically correct pads incorporating technologies and designs that address the individual needs of every horse and rider. Ask for Fleeceworks saddle pads and accessories by name at your local tack and feed store, or visit them online at fleeceworks.com. Well, it is our pleasure to
2: welcome Glennie Walford from Martin Collins Equestrian Surfaces. She is our footing expert. Glennie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed. It's good to be on the show. Well, we try to cover all aspects of dressage, and I have to be honest, we have never done a footing show or segment, so I'm really, really excited about this.
4: Oh, good. Well, um, hopefully um, you'll find a lot of what we go through very helpful then, and, and so will your listeners.
2: Great. Well, we'll just get started. We have some great questions for you, and the first question is what are the best surfaces for the different, for different disciplines? For example, what's the difference sort of between dressage and for show jumping?
4: Okay. Um, We try and keep it very simple in as much as we offer two products in the U S and one of them is a wax coated product, which doesn't require an irrigation system. And the other is what we call a dry product, which does require an irrigation system. Now, both of them are good for a multitude of disciplines. It really comes down to um, how you maintain them. So, for instance, with the wax coated material, you can uh, finish that in such a way where jumpers get more spring for takeoff and landing, yet still get the gears in the surface and the cushion. And for dressage, we tend to finish it slightly more differently, where it's got more, um, fluffy is probably not the right word, but it's an easy one to comprehend, more of a fluffier finish. Uh,
1: Okay, and what other...
4: uh, Polo. Okay, sorry. Sorry, polo would be more akin uh, to jumping, because they want to stick and ball, so they would want Mm -hmm. a surface that's maintained, um, almost looking as though it's absolutely flat, does that make oh. sense? So that they can yeah, ball on. Yeah, that makes sense. And the, yeah, and the jumpers tend to like it like that um, because compact is the wrong word, but it's it, it it's finished with more of a smoother top to it. Oh,
1: interesting. Okay, and uh, what environmental factors should you consider when you're doing a, a new outdoor surface?
4: Well, I think it's really important in these days to consider the, the, the company that you're going to use and the components that they're going to be using in their products, that they are envi- environmentally sound. So what goes on the ground is safe to go on the ground and safe for horse and safe for rider. And we do spend a lot of money on R&D, and development, along this field. And we have all of our products tested, and they all have um, an an environmental seal of approval, so they're all approved. So I think that's the most important thing. The second thing is you want to know in certain areas, I think, people are becoming much more, or local authorities are becoming much more watchful of where surface water is draining You know, is it draining um, into the ground? Is it draining into a nearby stream? You know, these are all important factors now, and they are getting a lot hotter on um, ensuring that streams, for instance, rivers, are not being contaminated. But if your product that you're putting on the ground has has a seal of approval, then that shouldn't
2: happen. That makes sense. So just I think this is a really a big question when you're thinking about footing, because, you know, just even tonight, uh, you know, talking to Philip, he's in Canada, I'm here in Kentucky and Glenn is in Florida. You know, what type, you know, how do you determine what surface for an outdoor arena is going to be best for your area of the country?
4: OK, we that's a, That's a really, really good question, because we uh, in, in the case of the wax coated product, we manufacture. Um, by discipline, by area. So, for instance, the recipe that we use in Florida would not be the recipe that we would use, for instance, in Pennsylvania because, obviously, the climatic conditions are very different. And although the wax coated is extremely tolerant, when you get to those hotter climates like Florida, Texas, and in certain areas in California, um, we have to be very careful that the product has a component in it that raises the melt point. So in other words, then the wax is not going to collapse. I mean, we have products now in South Africa, Australia, um, Middle East. So the wax coated, our wax coated are proven. Um, in the case of the dry surface, that is not as climatically tolerant. That is true to say. And that, for us, it's our CLOP, which is a bit of a funny word, but it's CLOP, C-L-O-P-F. P is in Peter, F is in Frank, and our cloth fibre mixed with a good quality sand um, in those colder areas would be exactly the same as any other dry surface. It is more susceptible to colder conditions. So you the- just have to be a little, a, a, a little more careful and a little more watchful as to as to where you're going to put these surfaces down.
1: Now, do you have any surfaces that prevent the, the freezing or or freeze at a, a colder temperature? Because I mean, being up here in Canada, everything gets a bit frozen. Is that?
4: Uh... Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we have a lot of our product down in um, in what I call the, the colder northern European countries. Right. And I would, I I really honestly don't think there's anything such as. Um, they an all weather surface. Any surface is going to freeze dependent upon the amount of water that it's holding at the time the freeze takes place. However, the wax-coated surfaces have much, much more climatic tolerance. And we have them maintained in such a way where if, for instance, you had... Um, a small covering of snow, we advise clients not to mix that in with the surface. Leave it on the top. It's a bit like snow on your garden. You know how it sort of protects the earth underneath? Yeah, yeah, it like can natural.
1: insulate it you know, a little bit. Yeah.
4: yeah, it does. It protects it. It insulates it. So if it's just a little bit of snow on the top, carry on riding. If it's a foot of snow, well, you wouldn't be riding on it anyway. but um, <laughs> Yeah. They they are, unless you had um, horse snowshoes, but they are much more climatically tolerant.
2: Well, Philip is from Canada. He probably rides in all kinds of snow. (laughs)
1: Yeah. No, I just go inside. I just go indoors.
4: (laughs) Not not, not for the faint hearted.
1: (laughs) Right. Not for the faint hearted. Yeah. That's right. We can't do a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of dressage in the, in the <laughs> deep snow, but we can walk around a bit. So let's talk a little bit about indoor versus outdoor surfaces. Can you tell us a bit about yeah. the differences there?
4: Okay, um, indoor versus outdoor. Now, both the products that we have are suitable for indoor or for outdoor use. They're both extremely um, tolerant in both in both instances. With an indoor and with an outdoor, the one thing that we do say, and most people are very mindful of this these days, and they do do it. They do pick up their droppings because horse droppings, horse manure, is the worst thing, A, for contaminating a dry or a wax-coated surface, and certainly in the case of the wax-coated footing, it's going to dry out the wax a lot sooner. So on an indoor, I would say that in the summertime, it's good to get airflow. It's good to get airflow, not shut all the doors um, and, and keep it stifling hot. It's good to get some airflow going through it. It's good for the footing to do that. So that's, that's one important thing I would say for the summer. Um, and I would also say that in terms of the mix that we would do, they're pretty, indoor or outdoor, are, are pretty similar. Um, you you may find that, and we take it by installation. So, for instance, if it's a big um, equestrian centre, for instance, with a lot of horses going through the indoor, then we might put just a little bit more wax in it to cope with that high horse usage. Um, but in most instances, they're they're pretty similar. With the fibre. The percentage of fiber that goes into the footing might differ. It may differ if you've got a, a small indoor school where you need a lot more root structure in the sand um, to aid the horses turning on you know fairly tight corners. So there are little tweaks, let's let's put it that way, but that is by installation and the number of horses using the footing.
2: Cause I would, I would assume with footing, it's very specific for where you are. And and like you were saying with the usage, so, you know, as a facility owner, you know, um, what is a checklist that a facility owner could go through when considering a new type of footing?
4: Okay. Um, I would say, keep it, keep it in your mind as simple as possible. Work out what, what what are, what's the criteria? What What are the most important points? Budget is going to be a big one. Um, so think about the budget that you have to spend. Think about how many horses are going to be using it. Think about what you want to get out of that footing. Are you prepared to water it? Uh, or are you in an area where you can't water it? If it's outdoor, don't, don't put it, uh, don't build it, don't construct it on a piece of ground that... It, it, um, is fairly sloping because it's going to cost you a lot more in leveling the land uh, in terms of groundwork. The more level of spot you can find, the less expensive it's going to be to build. Don't build it in an area where you've got a lot of leaf fall around you because the leaf fall again during the um, autumn months um, will contaminate the surface surface if you need leave the leaves on there and that wouldn't matter whatever surface was going on you know that's a contamination problem and another really important point which i know is not directly talking about footing but wherever you construct your arena on an outdoor or an indoor for that matter mm-hmm. ensure that you have a good approach that's clean so that when your horses go into your your footing. And when your maintenance machinery goes in, it's not taking debris in on it. it. You're going to keep it as clean as you possibly can. And in terms of the footing, I would say that the main thing is what what you want to get out of it, the budget, can you water it, and then go and talk to people, research it. Don't make a quick decision. To find out, do your research, and then say to the company, right, okay, let me talk to people who have your your footing installed and talk to those clients. See what the clients think about the footing and also see what the clients think about the company
2: yeah that is so true as somebody who built i built an outdoor and then i built an indoor sort of on top of the outdoor a couple of years later and yeah. all these things it, it, it's amazing i think in my next career i'm going to drive a bulldozer because <laughs>
5: you may look, i'm telling you
2: you may look at something and be like oh that looks flat uh yeah it it may not be
4: it's
1: not there's no, no such thing as a flat was, surface no, until you make I, it flat oh.
2: and just you know I got,
4: now, oh. you just hit on another point there um Sorry if I interrupted you there, but another really important point is: this is a whole big educational change going on here now. You know, you don't, for instance, on a refurbishment, you don't need to rip everything out to um, to refurb a ring if you've got a, a dome in the centre, a crown, which are mm-hmm. so difficult to maintain. If you've got quite a big crossball, you know, where you're finding surface is migrating. Uh, wash off because they're they're put on sealed bases these days if you had a, a ring like that you don't have to rip the whole thing out to improve it you can take the crown off you can uh, level out your cross fall you can install some drainage you can use that as a formation layer and then you can build a, a free draining base on top of it but always ensure that you go to a reputable company it's going to cost you more, but it's such a huge investment that it's money well spent for the long term.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have yes. to reiterate that point because I've been around and, uh, you know, some people go to a company and then end up having to undo all of the work that they did because they didn't really know what they were doing. I've seen it quite a few times. You know, uh, companies that, that that don't necessarily know anything about a, you know, equine footing or building an, a ring, but they have a bulldozer and they go in and they mess it up for a cheaper price. But in the end, it ends up costing you more, right? Like that doesn't make any oh, yeah. sense.
4: Absolutely, and you know, we see it time and time and time again, as you've just said. And to, for me, it, it's a, it's an industry where, and it's the same in the UK. And we have been pushing for this in the UK for golly, how long have I been doing this? Twenty-two years and Martin's been running the company over 35, we've been pushing for an industry standard, you know, so that people are protected. I mean, we do stand by what we do, and we do work with approved contractors who will do it right first time you know,
5: right.
2: and so
4: oh, yeah.
5: often
2: somebody will say, I've got somebody down the road and he can do it and it won't be oh. a problem. You think, Oh golly, I hope so. because oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is so true. And it, it, you really do. I love the, the idea of go to people that have rings in your area and talk to them because I yeah. did that before I built mine. And, you know, there was a, there was a, an excavator in town and, several people used them and he messed up several arenas. So, you know, they're like, don't use this excavator. Or, you know, there's certain things that you can do and really research and take your time because it is more of a pain to ride on it. And, you know, God forbid your horses get hurt or you have to redo it. Oh, my Lord, you don't want to be doing that. It really yeah. is well, something- I mean,
1: just the time involved, right? I mean, you want to get oh. the ring in, you want to ride on it, right? And yep. then yeah. maybe you waste a whole summer messing around with the problem that... That could have been taken care of right away and done properly. And then you can enjoy your, your arena. And, uh, yeah, and Well, especially I, here I because it. the construction, yeah. you can only do it during yeah. the summer, right? You can't do anything during the winter.
5: Um, it all snows Sorry. and it
1: freezes over. So people, you'll lose a year, like an entire year of riding, yeah. possibly in an indoor, that you know, a very expensive indoor that you just built or, you know, all these kinds of situations. So I think, yeah. you know. Get it done right. I think
4: more people are, are realizing that the free-draining base is the way to go, yeah. you know, and not to put them, you know, not to put sort of three inches of concrete screenings, you know, on a sealed base and then wonder why your horse is jarred up. You know, right. I think people mm-hmm. are really... Especially with the world opening up the way it is, you know, with riders being able to experience footing in different countries and then coming back and saying, Crikey, yes, look, you know, we can do something different here and it's not gonna cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. So on that so, note, yeah, yeah, I was just, yeah,
1: I was just let's gonna say talk budget. About, <laughs> let's talk, the costs. What are the costs involved?
4: Well, the costs the wax coated footing that we produce is expensive. There's no two ways about it. It is expensive to install initially, but once it's in, you get what I call an inverted colours a cost holiday. And I always advise clients to do a five-year projection because by the time they've taken the cost of the wax-coated footing and then versed that against no irrigation system, um, you know, those are all important factors to take into consideration. And, and the cost of, of maintaining Um, a dry surface, for instance, versus a wax surface. So although it's expensive initially to put in, you do get a cost holiday. With the cloth and sand uh, footing, um, that does require an irrigation system, although the cloth fiber has an amazing uh, moisture retention property, which we've just experienced firsthand at Sonoma Horse Park. Um, during a show where they never get any rain, and we got rain on Saturday, and we got rain, and it just just Uh. worked perfectly. So, you know, we were thrilled. So that is a lot less expensive, but you do have to then put in an irrigation system, and there is a little bit more maintenance to it. So, for instance, for a dressage ring, a straightforward um, um, 197 by 66, say, you'd be looking at about 45000 for a wax-coated footing versus about 15000 for a sand and fiber ring. Now, that sand and fiber price that I've given you, that's a very um, conservative figure in terms of the sand cost because this is another key area. Although the, the cloth fiber is very sand-tolerant, the best sand that you can get is one that binds well when it's wet. a good silica sand. Now, those aren't cheap. And they can go anywhere in the country, anywhere from, say, $35 a ton to $80 a ton. I mean, it's that diverse.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: hmm
4: I know so depending that. Depending on, on where you live, you. depending
1: on when yeah. you live. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So the price I've given you is a very conservative price based on, on say, $40 a ton for sand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to say a, um, a slightly larger ring, say, for a 200 by 100, you'd be looking at about 70000 for your wax coated versus about 23 for a sand and uh, cloth fiber. Yeah. So there's quite a bit of difference. But then on top of your sand and fiber, you're going to have to put your irrigation system in Right. And those yep. vary hugely, um, and then you've got a little bit more maintenance. Yeah, but both are very good. Um, both are um, are approved surfaces, um, and both have been used in major competition environments as well as private and professional use at home.
2: Yeah. Well. Thank you so much for talking about footing. I think it is such a great discussion and one that will continue for every horse owner and, and, and facility owner. Glennie, how do our listeners?
4: Yes. Sorry. Can I just, just before we go, I think there's one element that is a key element that tends to get a little bit left behind and that's the maintenance of them. Yes. Ensure that you get a good maintenance machine and that you follow the maintenance instructions that the company gives you and thoroughly check that out with clients, too. That, that is sense. a really good
2: point. Yes, that that is part of it. You don't think about it, but you may need a new drag. And when you do the arena, you don't figure that into the price. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and,
4: and you're like... Yeah. We don't use drags. We right. uh, we, we have a, a piece of machinery that is designed to groom and level, not drag. So it doesn't throw your levels out. And we also right. give our clients um, a DVD on how to maintain their ring. And then we also have a customer follow-up care service. So we go back to them periodically or they have a line. They can call us if they, if they need some help. But it's a really important factor.
2: It is. It is. And definitely one not to forget about because that's what you're doing, you know, however weekly, however much you need to be doing your arena. It's definitely a huge process as an arena owner. And uh, sometimes you you have to learn as you go, but um, to have someone to call is really, really helpful. Um, But Glennie, thank you so much for your time and teaching us about footing. And this is a, we should have you back on and talk more about it because it is such a huge part of what we all do. Glennie, how do our listeners get in touch with you if they have have any questions
4: well we have a website um and that is um very easy it's www.martincollinsusa.com and they can call me direct on my cell number which is always with me which is 859-321-3751
1: Next on the show, after this commercial, we have Ula Parker from Crusader Farms in Maryland. talking to us uh, about Dressage
0: at Devon. Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse Person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the EquiSketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. EquaSketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships, and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E Q U I S K E T C H.com. Equisketch.com. EquiSketch.com.
2: Well, I am so excited to welcome back to the show Ula Parker from Maryland. She is Philip and my friend, and she is here to report all about the week at Devon last week. Welcome, Ula. Thanks for coming back on the show.
5: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Well, can we start? Let's. You were the brave soul that I just envy because you took some babies to the breed division to start off. How did that go?
5: It went really well. Um, we brought a foal. And a yelling and a three-year-old, and um, they did really well. It's it's a very hectic atmosphere for for young horses. So I was really proud of them because they're hot horses. So it was it was it was a good experience for them.
3: Well,
1: look kind of tell us because you know, Devon is so big. Tell us like how big are the classes that that your horses were? Well, the the horses of the farm that you work at. How big are the classes at, at Devon for them?
5: Well, they I think. Most of the year, there was probably like twenty between twenty and thirty falls, and probably also the same amount for the for the yearlings and the three-year-olds. I mean, there were a lot of horses there and a lot of good horses, so it, it was it was some big classes. So it was it was it was tough competition.
2: I've got to ask askula because I'm d- completely in awe of this. How do you take a foal to Devon? I mean, just <laughs> tell me the process of that. On that a trailer, just, Reese, not, like normal. Thank you, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what do you do? There's all these
5: babies. Are they free? Are you? Do you have them in hand? Like, no, what are you doing? You have you you have them in hand. You you know you have one to run the mo- the mother and then hopefully, you know, the foal runs runs with uh, with the mother. But you have to have a line lead line on the foal, and it's you know unfortunately, not all foals show their best because they're more worried about somebody running next to them because they're not used to it. Um, so it would, to me personally, it would be nice if they could run free, but unfortunately, that's just a huge risk, you know, if a foal runs yeah. free and run, somebody, yeah. somebody Ooh, that gets seems dangerous. Yeah,
2: that seems dangerous, yeah.
1: So do you guys yeah. get some practice in with the with the running in the foal before you go? Um, you know, like well, how, how we, much we, practice, we practice are you doing there?
5: we practice quite a lot with, with the fall. Um, but you know, it's, it's one thing if they're so comfortable at home when they come out in a new place, they're like, "Whoa, what's going on here? So, so you can never, you can never prepare hundred percent for that. It's the same with the riding horses, you know, you can prepare all you want, but it's so different, different when you different come out. Yeah, yeah
1: for yeah. sure. For sure.
2: So talk to us about some of the horses that, that were the highlights of the breed division.
5: Well, I, I mean, I would have to say our own. We had we have <laughs> a yearling that's phenomenal. Um, unfortunately, the judge that was judging wasn't quite on the same page as us.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> that, that can be the case sometimes. Yeah, like, I hate
5: that. That. I've experienced well, that. Well, I mean,
0: it <laughs> Me was too. you know
5: there was a judging panel there too, and um, I guess it was Janet Floyd that was running that, and. Um, they really like the horse and it's nice if you know she came and gave us feedback that you know, that they really liked it and and also. Well, tell us a little bit in, about the it's, horse. What it's are it's the bree- like the
1: yeah, what are the bloodlines that you guys are using and the mares that you've got?
5: Um, the fall that we brought was a voice, uh, out of a feeder mare, Really, really, really super foal. Unfortunately we sold it in Euro. So it's not oh, something okay. I can decide. So I hate it's that. gonna be leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the yearling was a, it's a Sardine Fearful, which is a Gribaldi, it's Danish warm blood, on yeah. a, I think it's a Hillhawk mare, it's a thoroughbred, a phenomenal horse. And then oh. the three year old we bought was a Firsten Ball on a Howard mare. Drop that gorgeous, he you looks know, just like Firsten Ball, so. Very nice. That's, that's, that's a really super horse. So, super. And
2: who's yeah. the horse that won the grand champion for the breed show?
5: Um, that was his mare an older mare. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see her. Uh, but She was pretty spectacular for 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 winning because there was a lot of really good horses.
1: There. Yeah. So, well, I mean, with the giant divisions that they have, and the stallions, and yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean. Uh, that's great. So you were also riding in the performance division. What uh, what horse did you take to Devon this year?
5: Um, I have a five-year-old hot rod Donahoe mare. That's been. She's really green. Um, I just qualified her what, two months ago to to, uh, to go to Devon. We were like, all right, let's try. And she qualified, and she just exceeded my expectations. She was so good. Um, but the whole atmosphere and all that. She's she's a little hot, so. She was just, she was so good and so brave. So I was really proud of her.
2: Ah, super. He's
5: a very uh, elegant little little light mare. She's fun to ride.
2: Excellent. Ula, can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere at Devon? I mean, so many people go to Devon and it's such a a big show in the Northeast. Tell us a little bit about the atmosphere and, and that type of thing
5: well you have you have two rings going on, like for the breed shows uh, you have the two rings going on, and there's horses everywhere running and people everywhere and you have the grandstands and it's just you know all the signs and banners and just just everything it's just it it's just very it's a lot for a young horse to, to go there i mean they have to keep their cool um and for the riding the gold ring for some reason a lot of horses doesn't like that because you have the barns around it and there's so much going on like where the Dixon Oval it's yeah. a little bit more closed in because you yes. have the grandstands there so but it's 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 a fun place to ride I mean it makes you you know I was riding a young horse but you still you know see all the flags and all that around and it's it's, it's a fun show it's a lot of fun no.
1: Now, Ula, we've seen, I think on Facebook, a lot of people have seen a certain photo that's been going around um, from a horse, I think maybe in your division, um, that decided to have a little snack around the ring. Do you know anything (laughs) about that?
5: Yeah, I was riding right after that, and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I just heard a lot of laughter and mention about flowers. Well, it turned out that the horse had taken a huge bite of a flower and was standing (laughs) by when when Lilo Fore was, was talking to the rider and he was just standing and totally cool just eating the flower it was it was it was funny
1: <laughs> so so not all the horses are that scared of the atmosphere and all the extra things some of them find something to 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 yeah, chew was, on i guess
5: uh, he was he was pretty cool and there was even a thoroughbred. I and mean, he was he was yeah. very nonchalant about the whole thing so <laughs> it, was, it, it it was funny and they would i mean the judges they made it you know they made it fun you know, they yeah. were still talking about it for all the other comments they were making to other writers. You know, oh, he's not eating flowers. So it was, <laughs> it was, it was fun.
2: <laughs> well, I so, have to also say, I saw a very cute lead line photo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of, of your daughter. How did she do in the lead line class?
5: She did really well. She, we only had one meltdown when I had to braid her hair. She, <laughs> like that, but she, she did well. She, was, she really liked it. So it it was fun. You know, how old is your daughter? How
1: old is your daughter now, Ula?
5: She is two and a half.
1: And you put her on a pony? Yes.
5: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> she likes she likes to
1: ride. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fine. You,
5: you can't I, start them young enough. That's yeah, right.
1: A, another rider in the family—that's perfect. <laughs>
2: yeah. we'll I see. love it. <laughs> in in Ula, how was the Grand Prix Freestyle? That's really the big one at Devon, isn't highlight,
1: it? Highlight, right? It
5: was. It was. Oh, lots of fun! I mean, there was some top top riders there. There was uh that's you know it's late it's late at night it's under the lights it's always again it's the atmosphere you know it's just just the whole grandstand everything is packed so it's it's fun for the riders to ride you know. So
1: who who was the highlight ride for you, Ula?
5: Well, I really like to see Lars Lars Lars's ride yeah. and uh, Ashley Holter. Too. I mean, that's just two super riders. I mean, they know how to really ride their horses around, um, and they're so correct in their training. It's just, it's just wonderful to see.
2: And they were so, one and two. Lars was one, and uh, Ashley was second. Yeah. Yeah.
5: And then, of course, my old boss Michael Gunderson. I mean, it's it's fun to, it's great to see her back in the Grand Prix ring again. She really deserves it because she's such a hard rider. So it was, I think she was fourth or fifth. Yeah. So, so that was that was fun to watch too.
2: And Ula, how was the shopping? I really want to know that. How was the shopping?
5: <laughs> oh, it, the shopping is phenomenal up there. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. it's like really, really expensive. And when you have to, that I have, I have to like really when <laughs> you go and buy what I really need. <laughs> the motherhood. So, it, yeah, they have, yeah, they have everything up there from you know really, really super nice boots to, to riding jackets to yeah, everything
2: so it's always fun to a go crazy. window
5: shop oh it is it is so. <laughs> for sure so, no, I it was, it was it was a really good show this year ah super
1: and the weather was nice right
5: yeah no rain for once I guess for once right first, you guys
1: nobody got but, rain yeah. down there so
5: that was good no no rain is the first time I've ever been there with no rain so I think that's perfect. the first
2: time ever it's not <laughs> rain the first time I can yeah. remember in a long time
5: yeah, well, it was it was nice. Perfect. Was really well, Lula,
1: thank you so much for coming on and talking about Devin with us. You're uh, one of our friends, and we love to have a conversation with you. Um, one last question: How do people find information about uh, about your farm? Where do they find you on the
5: We either on Facebook on Cross your Door Farm or um, online on the website. It's called CrossfieldFarm.com.
1: Can you spell it out yes, for us, have- just just in case I, like me, people can't spell. <laughs>
5: yeah. It's it's c r o s i a d o r e farm.com. com.
1: Perfect, thank you so well, much.
5: Anytime, my pleasure.
3: here host of the horse tip daily show on the horse radio network the way consumers interact with the brands they have trusted for years and those they are about to fall in love with for the first time is becoming more and more mobile literally and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future podcasts or internet radio shows like this one combine the new consumer preference for on-demand information and entertainment with the power of niche market audiences Advertising on the Horse Radio Network podcasts allows you to reach the equestrian consumer using today's preferred on-demand delivery system. It's cost-effective and flexible, able to reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. To learn more about advertising on this show or any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at 859-951-2022 or... You can email us at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's glenn with two Ns at horseradionetwork.com. Come and join the Horse Radio Network family. You'll enjoy the ride.
2: Well, Philip, we don't have a lot of listener feedback today, which we always like. So please feel free to send us some emails or put it on our Facebook page. We always love listener emails. But I have a shout out. I have a okay. shout out to my Let's wonderful husband, who is the best horsey husband ever. Um, it Travis. is our show. Because, li- because he
1: listens to the show?
2: Yeah, he's listening through the wall right now, I'm sure. It's really <laughs> embarrassed. But it is our anniversary this week, and I just want to wish Whoa. him a happy anniversary. And for every other horsey husband that lives in a barn and built a farm for his wife, um, he deserves it. And so uh, happy anniversary, honey, We're at seven years, which I can't believe.
0: It just went by Yay. so fast. So. Yay. You know, they say if you make it through this year, you're golden.
2: Okay, well, that's so good. you only have I, one
0: more to go, one Reese. more
2: year, <laughs> we're good to go. Yeah, I think now at this point, it's we're way too we're way too I mean, deep. The, yeah, you he's, live, gi-
0: he's given up at this point. <laughs> yes. Everybody that hasn't been to Reese's place, they literally live in the barn.
2: Yeah, we I do. I mean, <laughs> you
0: can hear the horses through the wall. I mean, it's
2: <laughs> well, I'm sure you can hear it sometimes during the show. I have one that can hear my voice, and he's screaming. He's been screaming for the last <laughs> half an hour. So it's my Denali, my my sweet boy. He hears me, and he screams. So well, congratulations,
0: I'll, as he. Cooks Thank you.
2: Dinner. Um no, I think we're gonna go we have some great restaurants. We're gonna go to the Holly Hill Inn, which is just a oh, wonderful yeah, that's a great restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, yeah, it's a really nice restaurant. So we're gonna go there, I Yay. think. And and then we have festival and, and all kinds of stuff going on this week. So um so we'll have a, a quiet evening probably this weekend, and then we'll get back into work for festival. So should be a lot of fun Perfect. though. Yeah. So that is awesome. And Guys, you have been making fun of me for months now. My Blackberry finally died uh, uh-huh. at the horse show, a very slow, 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 painful death. Um, and so it was I. It's 20
0: and, years old, Maurice. <laughs> it was How not 20 phone? years old, Glenn. And
2: I know it, it, the, the, it was really sad that the, uh, you know, the screen was broken. It was really a sad, sad state. Um, but I got a droid. And the best thing about my droid is the Horse Radio Network app which I got today. So, so you
0: figured out how to do it? I so even did. Reece I learned to figure
2: out and use our Horse Radio <laughs> Network app. So if I can do it, everybody, as we all know, I am technically challenged. So um, it's a great app. It's really easy to use. It was really easy to search and get it. So um, get the app. It's great. And so I do. The boys have been making fun of me. I really I do not like it for email like I liked my BlackBerry because that oh, was be awesome. to it. But the apps, the whole app world, that um, it's pretty awesome. It
0: opened up your life.
2: It, it's pretty awesome. Welcome to the so.
0: 21st century, Reese.
2: I'm in. I'm <laughs> in. Yay. So, um, so anyways, everybody get the Horse Radio Network app. It's really easy to get and it's really easy to use. And I uh, actually listened to a show just to uh, practice using it. So it's very easy. So uh, Horse Radio Network, just search that um, and it'll come up. It's really easy. And that's
0: iOS or Android, either one. Yep. Hey, exactly. can I mention what I did over the weekend, real quick? Yes! I went down to sure. a- I went up to Aiken with uh, Wendy, uh, Doctor Wendy Ying of the Driving Radio Show. We went up to Aiken to the American Driving Society annual meeting and met uh, about two hundred other drivers there. Oh. Uh, and they had all kinds of different drives. Wendy brought uh, one of her horses up, and we got to do a parade. They closed down. I don't know if you've been. Have you been to Aiken, Reese?
2: I have not. I would love to. It's, it's on my bucket list for and sure. It's a beautiful place. And, yeah. and
0: they, uh, they closed down a bunch of the streets in town and we actually had a carriage parade. Um, <laughs> and we, there were 40 carriages led by two coaches, which are the really huge carriages that you see yeah. people sitting on top and then people can sit inside that only the very, very wealthy have. Um, <laughs> pulled by two Fun. foreign hands. So they actually, in full regalia, full outfits with the grooms wow. and the whole thing. Oh, beautiful. Wow. And they'd, the police had closed, uh, and they had hundreds of people on the streets watching and taking pictures. Uh, so it was, that was really, really cool. But well, one of the interesting things that happened, and this was not coordinated, was as we were going along, all of a sudden, uh, coming out of side street, traffic was stopped, but the traffic was about 40 Model T's. They no were also kidding. having a get together. So the carriages were <laughs> passing the Model Ts and all the Model T drivers were out taking pictures of the carriages. It was just one of those surreal moments that I looked over and said, there's history coming together, you know. How
2: cool yeah, is that? Wow.
0: So that was that's that awesome. was really neat. Really and uh funny. yeah, there was there was four-in-hands there, pairs, uh singles wow. and minis. Uh there were a bunch of Aww. minis there. And cool. the minis did the whole 2-hour parade. I don't know how Good they for did them.
2: it. <laughs> Good, Minnie. Yeah, they slept well. Poor Minnie. I got to tell you real
0: quick, though, something that happened. Darley is there. Darley is one of the big thoroughbred breeding farms that they also have in Lexington. Yep. Yep. And where we were coming out of where we were stabling to get to the place we were meeting to do the parade, we had to drive over about a mile. And as we made the turn out of the fairgrounds where we were staying, Darley is right there. Well, the fences are really close to the road at, at these farms, unlike Kentucky. So the yearlings were out. It, oh. right beside the road and then the babies were out on oh. the other side and the minis led the parade, uh, led the group that we <laughs> oh. were had and they freaked out. The thoroughbreds went nuts. They yeah. were running and one of them tried to jump the fence and got stuck oh. halfway oh, no. across. Oh, that's oh. Bad freaked the minis out. So the minis yeah. pulling these carts went crazy oh. and the one of them oh. turned a the cart over and it was just a wreck. The this thoroughbreds are running, the minis are falling yeah. and then oh. Uh our horses behind that the horses are all going nuts and we I said Wendy let's get out of here so we made a U-turn and headed back, and everybody else did the same until they cleaned up the mess and they got the yearlings out and everything. But uh, the Darley people were not happy that uh, no they weren't kidding. warned. <laughs> on the yeah. Situation, but I could see that. and uh, everybody was fine. The horse that went over the fence was fine, and oh, the mini and the driver finished oh. the parade, so everything was fine. But uh, it was a bit oh, of a boy. tragic also start. <laughs> all that ends well, yeah. That's a disaster. Ouch! Yeah,
2: yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> horses, horses. <laughs> Some they are
0: just so. Apparently, thoroughbreds do not like. Uh, Thoroughbred Binis. eating minis, yes. Yeah.
2: Right.
0: No. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh goodness. Just set them off. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, i <laughs> they need to put their fence
1: okay. back a little bit. Tell yeah. Them <laughs> back a
2: bit. Yeah. Oh boy. Goodness. Yeah. Goodness.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen so many people come out of a barn in such a hurry as I did out of the Darley right. barns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm
2: sure they were running. That's for sure. Their heart rate just went through the roof. <laughs> goodness. Yeah,
0: million dollar babies right there. Yeah, jumping the fence. Yeah, oh. getting stuck.
2: Well, on that note, everybody, you can find our show notes and <laughs> links to today's guests at our website at dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook; just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is horse, reese at horseradionetwork.com.
0: Was that Travis winning in the background there?
2: No, that's Denali. <laughs> okay. Did you hear him? Yes. That's, <laughs> that's Denali. He that was wants Travis going. Check.
0: It's dinner time. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Travis is hungry. <laughs> yes. It's Travis
2: and Denali. Like, it just depends on what, you know. I was going to say what child, but that didn't come out right. Uh, what what uh. of my family is hungry? I, Travis is definitely going to be fed first. That's for sure. Denali will have to wait just a little okay. while longer for okay, his night. Jack. Say goodbye,
0: yes.
1: Philip. <laughs> all right. Well, you can find me at philipparksequestrian.com And my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for this, week, for this week, Fleeceworks and EquiSketch. And don't forget to check out all the other great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. And we can't wait to talk to you next week. Thank you.